This is Housebound. I'm Chris. I'm Holly. I'm Ashlyn. I'm Greg. And you're invited. Welcome to Housebound, a podcast we made because we needed company. In it, we talk about things that are on our minds, and today we're talking about living in a post-COVID world. Maybe to start off with, let's, rather than just starting with focusing on the future, let's maybe take a look back and see, it's now our 12th episode, so we've been going for like three months, which has been incredible, and we started this whole thing when um, the whole house isolation thing began, Um, so maybe the question that I should pose would be, what do you guys think is different from what you predicted looking um, from that first month to now? Like what what are some of the things that maybe didn't quite go as you would have predicted? Well, I think this was slightly before um, when we first started recording this podcast. But I remember when um, like restaurants and venues and stuff like that first shut down. They were talking about the 10 day isolation, how everyone needed to like isolate for 10 days. So when everything shut down, they were like, yeah, we'll be closed for 10 days. And then within <laughs> like four or five days, it was quite clear that this was going to be a lot longer than 10 days. But I find mm-hmm. it so funny just thinking back to that time and how so many businesses were like, yeah, this is like a two week thing. You know, it's just a season. <laughs> I remember... Uh, The very first couple of, again, just prior to uh, starting our podcast and into the first week or two after that, there was already that was already a couple weeks into the social distancing thing and the and the self-quarantining. And I perceived everything as a much bigger deal back then than I do three months later. Not that I didn't think that any of it was important, but when I heard the terms self-distancing and social isolation and things like that, I was still in a state of trying to figure out what did the government mean when they said that. And Mm -hmm. now when I hear them say something like that and say, well, we're going into phase three or phase four and we're allowing groups of up to X number of people uh, get together, I already have a standard of what to expect as a minimum. And then I'm just opening up that standard a little bit wider and a little bit wider each each mm-hmm. phase that we go through. But at the very beginning, it was just a lot of learning because I've never lived through something like this, whether whether or not you believe that it's an entirely serious situation or it's or it's a little bit of overkill. Uh, I I still had not experienced something like this and and so uh, just hearing people talk about well you know mm-hmm. when it was when it was the war people had to uh be careful as to how often they went out and they had to ration supplies and they had to do this and that and they were kind of comparing it in a sense to that and i was thinking oh okay this is the first tangible way that i can relate to that even remotely because I've just been free to do whatever my whole mm. life, essentially. And so, yeah, it was definitely a learning experience. And um, I've definitely, I guess, chilled out and calmed down from those first couple of weeks yeah. and not taken things less seriously, but just been able to put them into a context yeah. and appreciate them in a different in a different light. So do you yeah. think you're less 
like anxious and and uh, just more calm about the situation because there's a lower um, overall sense of urgency about the situation? Or are you just used to that terminology being talked about? And so when they make a new announcement, it's like, oh, I know what they're talking about. And this makes sense. Yeah, I think it's both. And um, I definitely we're hearing it every day on the radio. We're seeing it every day in our social media feeds. And it's again, I'm not taking it lightly per se, but I am becoming a more accustomed to it. And and so as a result, that makes me less nervous about what's going to happen next. I'm mostly in a state of, OK, this is a new normal. So let's yeah, I also did think right off the bat that it was only going to be a couple of weeks. Like I remember mm-hmm. the 10 day isolation thing or the 10 day social distancing thing. And then it was two weeks and then it was international flights. And as soon as it hit international flights being not permitted anymore, we started having to cancel whatever activities we mm-hmm. were trips we were thinking of taking or even movies were refunding our tickets because we pre-purchased tickets. Uh, and so that's when I was kind of like, oh no, am I going to be stuck in my house for months? Like, is this <laughs> what I don't know how to do that, you know, so. Well, I will teach you. <laughs> because that is all I have wanted to do, but I have had to continue working. And this is the greatest, like, <laughs> what's the word that's not actually the thing, but there's a song about it. Let down? Irony. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's just the biggest irony. Everybody else is like, oh, I can't, I don't know what to do with myself in my house. And I'm just like, I just want to be in my house. Just let me stay there for three months. <laughs> nope. Not allowed. <laughs> ah, well. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that, like, for myself, I have, um, like, while I've been able to work at home, I have a similar sentiment to Holly in the sense that I have enjoyed being at home. I am the kind of person where that is where I thrive. I am not the kind of person who, um, yeah, like I, I, I find I get, you know, just like refreshed from being at home, reading a book, playing a game, whatever, just like hanging out here, uh, watching a movie. But um, I think what had what surprised me the most, just because of my own character and how I I enjoy that um, was seeing how much this whole house thing has affected other people, like friends, family, coworkers, and seeing them like wrestle through all I of get pleasure these... from their discomfort. Yeah, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like seeing Play them, a little like... game. I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like just seeing them wrestle through like their the stresses that are coming in, and just like the anxiety and. Um, just like, yeah, just like things, it, it it really has messed with a lot of people just being at home. Um, mm. And because I think, yeah, like us as a culture, we are used to going out and doing things. And for those who are super social. So for me, I think that was the biggest thing was actually like hearing how people were doing and being like, oh, OK, this is like <laughs> for some people, this is pretty serious being like stuck at home this whole time and just not being able to like actually go do something. And I think a part of it also is that going out and doing things helps to like distract you as well from like things that are happening. And like, oh, yeah. Um, and so there's that part of it where it's like it helps you um, just be able to take a mental break. And so whereas if life at home is stressful, and then you're stuck at home now. So it's your 24 seven life, you know, like there's no 
there's no reprieve. And so um, that was, I think, what surprised me the most uh, was just seeing how it affected other people for this. So, yeah. One of those people you're watching is definitely your wife, who is trying to make it work. <laughs> well, <laughs> you you have done incredibly well compared to, compared to some other people. <laughs> so, Only because of Animal you. Crossing. Yes, yes. Oh, Once Animal Crossing goodness. launched, what a blessing! We were golden. We were golden. Oh, that was yes. a true gift from above. <laughs> so, or at least nobody could have planned that better. Yeah. Is this going to be the flashback episode or the point in the episode where we do a flashback to the first episode where we talk about <laughs> Ashlyn just got Animal Crossing and Chris just started playing Assassin's Creed. Yeah. And... <laughs> I borrowed my brother's gaming console. He has a few. And so I borrowed his PS3 because he wasn't using that. And I started playing through the Assassin's Creed games. And I just started the second one. It's taken me probably two weeks of like two-hour shifts on the console to get through the first one. That first game never ends. And uh, I love how you're calling them shifts as if it's like intensive work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I have also been gaming, but it has been Animal Crossing, New Horizons, all day, every day. Very different from Assassin's Creed, other than like the fact that the initials are the same. (laughs) (laughs) I'm playing AC. You don't know how cool I am. I mean, Tom Nook is definitely murdering people in secret. (laughs) Yeah, which one are you on now, Chris? And now Ashlyn's wrapped the game and Chris is on game five of the series or whatever. That's where we'll do like that sound effect that's like and then it'll like play it and then it'll take us back. Yeah, the the jingle, the the turn turning time backwards jingle. All right, I trust Um, in your editing skills, Chris, to pull that off. Okay, great. Production. I'll also I'll also be certain to throw in the clip from the trailer where we talk about how we don't have to talk about COVID in this (laughs) podcast. We can talk about other things because people are already going to be talking about podcasts. And in fact, I'm pretty sure that when I was going through podcast names and things online, I saw a whole bunch. I probably came across a couple dozen podcasts just naturally that were talking about COVID-19 and had been started because of COVID-19 and I don't know where they're at now like I'd be interested to go back and try to find some of them see how many episodes they've got you know not to compare but just to like Mm -hmm. see you know what did they do what did they make out of it you know but yeah I think what's what's nice about speaking from this vantage point now is it's summer people are out you know like it's not like like things are still different but we can kind of people can sort of see a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel somewhat. So yeah. even if even if there is like uh, a second wave or whatever like that, it's still this is still a chance for us to be able to have like a bit of a reprieve from what's been going on. So um, so, yeah, I think that's why even though we kind of said like we're not necessarily going to talk about COVID in this podcast, I think it is nice to be able to kind of take a bit of a retrospective look back, but then also looking forward into like how how do you think all of this has affected um, future life. Like, what do you think a post-COVID world is going to look like? Once everything's done, once there's, you know, if there's any kind of second wave or whatever, once everything is done, we're back to kind of a more normal life. What do you think will be different? Like, what won't be normal? I don't know what I actually think will happen, but I have a thing that I want to stay the same or <laughs> okay to happen because it actually hasn't happened yet. So... Professional sports all got canceled 
almost immediately when COVID um, started up in Canada and the States. And one of the uh, ideas that they've been thinking about to get things going again, specifically for the NBA and the WNBA, is that so ESPN is actually owned by Disney, which I think is like a crazy thing that I never knew. And (laughs) they would really like to be able to show things on on their channel again. And so they have pitched that basically they take all of the NBA and WNBA and put them in hotels at a Disney resort uh, that already has, I can't remember if it's Disney World or Disneyland, that's why I say Disney Resort, um, Mm -hmm. because they already have 21 NBA-sized courts there. And then... Everybody that plays the sport and would do their laundry and cook them food and everything would live in those hotels and they would have the season in a bubble, basically, so that COVID can't get them. Like Big Brother, but for sports. And (laughs) you can make a reality TV show spinoff of that, though, too. Yes. And so this idea is just so like, like, uh, it's... There's, there's a genre of sci-fi that isn't so sci-fi that people are like, oh, that could never happen. It's just like, I don't, I don't know a better way to say it other than like softcore sci-fi. <laughs> like, right. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. I don't, I don't know what it's called really, but that's basically what this is. Like our sports teams all have to live in isolation while they do their training, while they do their playing. And then, and everybody that has anything to do with them is in isolation. Like it's such a sci-fi idea so i hope that happens i'm sure that the players don't <laughs> that's a book that you read in grade 11 in english yeah. class and then do an essay on yeah totally it's such a neat idea <laughs> it's interesting i feel like if they actually did like a tv show or whatever of like what they're up to it would be less exciting than we'd hope because they're not <laughs> tv personalities they're yeah like, for sure they're professionals in their field so they're a professional physiotherapist or you know janitor or um athlete yeah but absolutely. not a tv personality <laughs> yeah. i also am not certain whether my pitch for the future post covid19 And again, yeah, like Greg said, this all being the fact that we're just in the middle of the reopening phases of our province. We're not at the end of it even. So there's still a little ways to go. But I'm also uncertain as to whether or not this will happen. But because of the amount of people that didn't have anything else to do and eventually, whether by pressure or just by default ventured outside and discovered parks and walks (laughs) and bikes and skateboarding and just physical exercise that was more just activity rather than a sweaty process of going to a gym and then being (laughs) being smelly for an hour or two that sweaty Um, process just like doing it for your own health and just maintaining shape not even necessarily getting shredded or anything but just maintaining a healthy lifestyle in that in that way shape or form and that's myself included like i wonder if there will be a surge not just a temporary new year's day solution surge but 
but uh but like a surgeon in, in and this will be measured over time obviously of people that take their health a little bit more seriously so whether that's their eating habits or their eating out habits i'm not sure how the restaurants will see that shift either but it does have the potential to affect many different markets and you see the surge when you go into some place like walmart and uh, sport check and and all the belt all the dumbbells are completely sold out of the shelves and they're not getting any back for a while because all of their suppliers are sold out as well mm. and people have just bought bikes left right and center and training equipment because they had these big ideas of doing stuff at home and then you go onto facebook marketplace and kijiji and you see oh some of those are coming back <laughs> you know um <laughs> but some of those means that a majority or a good percentage of them are still out there and so i i'm i'm curious i i wonder if if that will you know change maybe even just a generation or if it will simply be like a a one and done kind of phase of all of our lives you know remember that one time that i was physically active <laughs> yeah well i mean even for us like we've been like specifically walking every day and it's great and it's something that we've built into our routine and so it's like you said it's not a specific workout and we're not super taking our our health that much more seriously it's just a routine that we've made and so we may mm -hmm. actually continue it which would be wonderful yeah and even then it's gotten warmer and restrictions have opened up i've watched myself slip more mm -hmm. and more mm -hmm. in that routine mm -hmm. but but it's it's interesting in the first place because we made that space because there was nothing else happening and now when it's the evening and it's around seven o'clock i look at my watch and i go well we're probably not going to bed until like roughly around 10 30 anyways uh and it doesn't even get dark until 9 30 10 anyways so even at nine we could say, yeah. hey, let's go for a walk. And even if it's only half an hour, you know, that's maybe a third of the activity that you need to do for the day or something like that. So that's still pretty good. Which uh, we should do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's guys, we'll, we'll be we'll be yeah. right back. Just hold on. <laughs> I, uh, I still need uh, 5,000 steps today, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Um, one thing for myself that has already changed just because of the of the pandemic and that I'm curious as to how it'll stick is I pre-pandemic Ashlyn um I'm the kind of person who I guess opposite tracked because I am not like Greg in this um where uh an evening even just like a weeknight that I don't leave the house always feels kind of to me like a wasted evening Unless I, like, had somebody over to the house or something like that. But if it were just, like, the two of us in the house after work until the end of the night, like, it feels like, even if I was busy and doing stuff, it feels like I wasted the evening somehow. And then it's especially, like, ten times like that if it's on a weekend day um, where I didn't <laughs> leave the house. It just feels, like, completely bonkers. It yeah, just, I feel Yeah, it, it doesn't feel right. Like, I should have left the house at some point. Um... And so, but now because of the pandemic, you know, it was recommended that you don't leave the house unless you need to, um, to go get groceries or whatever it need be. Um, so because of that, I think that helped to be able to 
rationalize in my brain being like, no, like staying home is a good thing. Staying home is a, is the right thing to do. This isn't wasting your day. This is the best thing you could do with your day is choosing to stay home, which I think helped a lot with the like merging process into staying home all the time. But I'm really curious in a post COVID world, how much of that I'll keep or if I'll just immediately switch back to the mindset where if I didn't leave the house all day, I must have like squandered the entire day, no matter what I was doing. Um, so I'm really curious as to how that'll balance out or if I'll be more content just being able to stay in my home. I don't know. That, that's something I'm curious about. I don't think I can make firm bets yet. <laughs> I have my fingers crossed that it has changed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think for... I think for me, what uh, I'm interested to see change is within um, the Christian community and the definition of what church is, um, Mm. how that's going to play into it. Because what COVID has forced um, church institutions to do is to actually either they choose to not do anything about it and they just say, "Okay, we're putting it on pause or they'll offer up like uh, an online sermon and maybe like some music or something um, that they'll like record um, or I'll, uh, and this is where like um, like our our home church has done is to actually not just have like a sermon online, but also to have like a Zoom after party thing where we all like get on and kind of chat about what we, you know, what we just watched and um, and then also take part in um uh, kind of like the communion meal, which is, you know, a very, um, symbolic thing that a lot of Mm -hmm. churches do on, you know, a a semi-regular basis. So, um, yeah. And so what's interesting is seeing how the different churches have approached it during this COVID season and how, like, I know for sure that there are people who, um, have realized that church isn't, it isn't about um, content. It's about community. And that like that uh, for some churches where they just push out the um, the sermon online, um, that hasn't been enough for a lot of people because it is ultimately about being together and a community. And so um, what like uh, what our our church has done, for example, to have that extra added feature of the the Zoom and still being able to, while it's not great, yeah. it still is a little bit of extra like contact with the community itself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's helped uh, us at least, difference. yeah, us at least get through, um, through that part. But um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how people then approach um, church, realizing that it's not about a sermon centric service, but it's actually about being, um, gathering together as a group of people. And so that will either shape how maybe the church services formed around or what that's about, but it'll also, this whole thing will also shape, um, how much flack we give. There's some churches that like there, I think there was one that was like an online church in the States that got like a bunch of flack for being like, you're an online church. What are you doing? And this was like a year, a couple years ago or whatever. Yeah. And little did they know that they were actually prepping themselves. <laughs> right. So Quite far well. ahead of us all. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're the only so, ones who were prepared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think what I've at least realized from this is that you can get a sense of community 
even over the distance. And so this even goes beyond just like um, church or um, any kind of like religious institution, but actually like um, engaging in relationships and how like even us as like a group of four can do podcasts like this or can just hang out um, and just chat over Zoom and still have a uh, still keep up and build up that relationship. So while it's not everything, it still is something. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see see what that does um, in a post-COVID world and how that'll shape either church and also just relationships and community in general, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that works uh, really well into um, what we could consider our next point, but has already been what we're talking about in some aspects is I've been thinking, like Greg, you posed, what do you think is going to change um, because of this? Because of af- once we get out of COVID scenarios and situations and lockdowns and whatnot, what's going to change? But I've also been thinking about what will we as a society choose to change? So what kinds of things has this time forced us to reevaluate or reconstruct and what will we choose to change going forward? And one thing that I already am hearing about happening is there are several big businesses that have online presences who have made this decision to go either permanently or move something like 85% work from home and online services from here on out mm-hmm. because whether because or not how much cheaper would that be well that's like, and it's you don't whether, have to have a big building sorry and that's it <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> you know, well you don't have to necessarily uh pay for the utilities for everything either right like people are using their own the janitor staff the bathrooms yeah, everything totally there'd be a huge difference yeah and so i've been hearing about employees being told you know, by the end of the year, you're all going to be working from home anyways. So if you want to move to work from home now and aren't already working from home, feel free to do so at some point in the next couple of months, because by the end of 2020, there's going to be no, you know, I'm sure that there will be an office space somewhere with a bunch of executives or some uh, higher ups that are there, but it's going to be significantly scaled back. And so that's one thing that I can already see us and by us, I, again, mean the royal us, the royal we, um, <laughs> changing and learning from this. And maybe that's given us the push where beforehand we went, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's, too, it's too abrupt. Like, we couldn't just do that. And we were forced into a situation where it's adapt or die. And so they adapted by sending people home anyways. And so people are already at home there. Half your work's done, you know? So mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm curious, do, do any of you have any expectations about what might be something that we choose to change going forward, whether or not we've had to already, just based on the outcome of what COVID has done to shutdowns and distancing? <laughs> Well, I think in combination with that working from home is just flexible work in general. Mm -hmm. I think people are realizing that like not only um, can working from home work, but also maybe the typical like nine to five shift 
just isn't what works for people, you know, especially for parents with kids, um, to be able to like, um, offset your working hours, um, could be really handy in order to help with childcare yeah. and things like that. And so I, I think that one of the things this is bringing in is not just a flexible working from home option, but flexible hours options as well, which is going to completely change the game for mm-hmm. a lot. So of like an parents. increase of opportunities for exactly many different groups of people. Yeah. So if the typical nine to five office job just doesn't work for all of the other variables that you have going on in your life, if there's a parent that you're taking care of or a kid that you're taking care of or whatever's going on, um, to be able to have that flexibility might give employment opportunities to a huge segment of people um, that previously that just nine to five leaving the house option wasn't wouldn't work for them. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And and I wonder if that'll lead to a lot more um we you know how we always tend to stereotypically view the customer support as this faceless warehouse full of a yeah. hundred people sitting at little cubicles little that tiny have cubicles. Their, and you can hear them all talking on each other's phones in the background when you're trying to talk to them and phones ringing. But I wonder what that'll do for um, not just customer service aspects of things, but you know when the typical person that you interact with on the phone or online is somebody that's just working from home. I wonder that I like I wonder just how that'll affect people's mannerisms just because you're in your house, you're like you don't have to leave your house. you're in a comfortable space. Will that improve the work life? Uh, I, I'm sure that's studies have been already started um, because of, uh, every uh, because of people that have been forced to work from home, I'm sure that they're already looking into how that affects their their work habits and whatnot. But yeah, I'd just be curious to know: uh, do they get a better rap because people are maybe more happy because they're working in a place where they're more comfortable? You know, like I don't even know what all of the um, ramifications of that are. It mm-hmm. would just it's something that's cool to think about. Like, where do we go from here? Yeah, I think that could even go so far. Like, if we're going to what that could do in the extreme long term um change the way that we like build our houses because i've mm. i've been watching a few different uh youtube videos about staying healthy during this time and how you need to have like a separate physical workout space and a separate like recreational space and a separate this is where you work and only work and this is where you sleep and only sleep um because when you mix some of those things, it's just not mentally healthy or physically healthy. And so I think that if we tend as a society to work from home, like even if we did 50-50, um, like that's a huge amount of people that would need a separate office space in whatever home they're in, you know, and yeah. Or a separate workout space, whatever their home. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that would be interesting too. People would start looking for houses that had more bedrooms or more flexible um, arrangements and floor plans and stuff like that. So be. I wonder how that might marginalize people groups that are just people Mm -hmm. that don't have the privilege to be able to have a house with multiple different rooms mm-hmm. that they can allocate to all of those different things. And if that might then like stunt some 
even job opportunities just because they know that you're doing your job from your dining room table or from the couch or something like that. I don't know. That's not, I don't think that's where we're at yet because everyone's improvising right now oh, for with whatever sure, they got yeah. around them. Mm-hmm. But if that becomes like a long-term culture thing of like, I have my house and it has an office and this is where I do the work things, mm-hmm. you know, if that might, um, the response to that might be different if it's years down the line and you just don't have the option of being able to have a four-bedroom place. Yeah, or if you don't have the money to get a place like that, then your mental health, because you can't keep those things separately, possibly goes down too, depending, you know, like, yeah, it's definitely an interesting question. It's a complicated thought Mm -hmm. process we've got going on here. Uh, If you swing the other direction, it could be possible that you see if houses are starting to be constructed in the future with that potential of an office being a somewhat mandatory thing in mind, it might become a new normal, just like how the first car that I owned didn't have a USB or an auxiliary input or power sunroof or anything like that. But as as I go along, I'm still getting cars that are about as old as the first car was to where or maybe a little bit newer, but you know, older in, in relation, relation to, to me yeah. to to the current year's models. Uh, and yet somehow I'm still finding myself upgrading each time <laughs> I get a new car. And so, you know, it might become it might become more and more accessible. Or mm-hmm. when you say, where do you work? Well, I work from home. Maybe that's just a maybe that's a nothing comment. Maybe it's do you have a space that you can work at home? Yes. Great. You know, you're hired. You know, it might be a it might be an open door for people. Who knows? So, but well, and yeah. it also opens up being able to work for anywhere, right? You don't sure. have to work in the city or work with a company yeah. that's in the city that you yeah. live in. You can work with someone in Denmark, one. right? Like that's that's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. If all that this has accomplished is meaning that I don't have to watch YouTube ads about the guys that are on the beach in Jamaica or wherever that are like, you know, three years ago I was working like a dead end job and, (laughs) and now I have a hundred people that I can get to the hundred thousand dollar club, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm working from this bar in, or I'm working from this beach or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I think that that relates to kind of what I was thinking in terms of like what might carry over. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but it's on a bit of a different tangent from the work side of it. But I, I, I do think that something that's going to carry over is going to be how we communicate with people who are not in the room with mm-hmm. um, in the sense that it used to be like text and email. And I think what we've realized through this is that it is while it's more energy draining, it is far better to be able to communicate like at least like voice or or um if you can have that visual like over zoom um and so i i think one of the things that at least it'll probably change like in my own life would be that i will probably be more likely to like go on a call like with my grandma or something like that Mm -hmm. you know and have Mm -hmm. that kind of connecting point um rather than uh you know and maybe get get a chance to communicate with um, like friends, family a bit more frequently than I would have normally sure. instead of just like, well, here's like, you know, um, my coffee date with them or whatever, you know, like, but mm-hmm. then that's like 
two months or whatever in between coffee dates rather instead of like maybe a couple weeks in between like a Zoom call, right? So I think frequency of communication might increase, but then mm-hmm. also the um, while we'll still use text and email, I think there will be kind of those chances of, hey, can I just give you a quick call or whatever? Because I think now we're a little bit more used to actually using our phones yeah. for that voice component mm. rather than, you know. Which is like going backwards almost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, just fun. trends happen in cycles anyways. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, why not true. Why not with technology? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think it was funny because like everyone's tried some sort of a video chat before the pandemic. You know, at some point you did... Uh, a video chat um but we all just kind of i think communally assumed that like they're awkward i'll just text them yeah for sure like hey how's it going (laughs) or whatever (laughs) and even if long conversations are like super long to have over text message and often just like end at a random time that nobody anticipated because you like forgot to text back or yeah (laughs) whatever it wasn't a question so you didn't know what to say and um even though texting has its own unique awkwardness we've kind of just like accepted that one over the Mm -hmm. video chat option which has a complete unique set of awkwardness (laughs) to it and now that we've all just kind of gotten accustomed to the video chat awkwardness i think we'll just opt for that more in the future (laughs) definitely not necessarily over texting but like definitely more often than we were previously i will say that the one thing that i've noted is that before this whole situation or currently during it i i don't use video chats for um anything super formal that i want a record of and that's because with emails and texts, you can always look back and search through your history and mm-hmm. find that information again. And yeah. I love that about those features of text and email. But I do find myself at the end of a video chat, if it was something that I needed specific information out of, I then sit down and I write an email and send it to everybody involved. And, yeah. and so there's, I don't think we're ever going to lose, like you said, I don't think we're ever going to necessarily choose video over that or or lose those aspects of the record keeping. But uh, it definitely has made me a lot more casual towards video chat. Like, I just don't even think about it anymore. It's like, oh, jump on a, jump on a Skype call or a Facebook messenger has been promoting their options for video and voice calls and zoom Mm -hmm. has been beefing up its security you know every couple of days there's a new update you know so everybody's (laughs) trying these these things to keep video up and uh even my email was show was telling me when i logged in on the computer it's like hey guess what google has a video service as well please use it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) and did did you get the zoom email promoting uh i don't know there was something like if you upgrade to like a year long you know subscription then we'll knock off like 30 percent yeah please we don't want to lose all of our (laughs) users we don't want to lose you guys i know it's nice weather and you're not zooming as much but please (laughs) you know (laughs) what did i do (laughs) commit to this to the long term yeah yeah oh boy no that was an interesting thought experiment yeah yeah it was fun and like i said a few times I have been thinking about this semi-regularly and Mm -hmm. it will become more apparent as we move into later phases and eventually the dissolution of any precautions or formal precautions anyways um, of COVID-19 
it'll it'll be on my mind for a while and and probably will look back in like three more months and realize oh, what were those people thinking? Like, of course it didn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, anytime you predict- People just stayed at home and returned all the dogs to the SBCA or something <laughs> yeah. terrible oh. like that. Sorry, sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. But no, like, I think that's the thing is like, anytime we make any kind of prediction, like this is something that we could all be totally off off base you know like because like we like we were experimenting before when we talked about when all this first started what did we think was going to happen and our predictions you know like it's it's not like they're 100 percent accurate so but no. what's what will be yeah what will be interesting will be to see how this all plays out and i mean like i even had more than what we talked about in terms of how this could affect society um you know, because I do think it touches a bunch of different things, whether like travel, health, um, conventions, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, all we didn't of even these think about travel. We, yeah. You know, <laughs> like and, and so and so it is going to affect those things, but it'll be interesting to see how will that play out, you know, like mm-hmm. um, or will it not affect things maybe as much as we think? So uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just we'll have to see at the six month check in. Yeah, there we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, thanks, guys, for being willing to kind of. Uh, have this thought experiment and being able to kind of look forward and look look to the past and so yeah i mean things are still at this, this time at least seem hopeful so but uh in the meantime we're super happy that we have this podcast and that we can still be able to engage um with uh, each other and also with our fans so thank you all for this time we're going to do our best to keep doing episodes for you so if you'd love to head over to one of our many online presences wherever you listen to our podcast and subscribe or follow us and there are even some messaging options on some of those platforms where you can send us a voice memo and we'd love to hear from you and just hear what you think or hear if you've got an idea uh, you can also reach out to us at the housebound podcast at gmail.com or visit us on facebook at the housebound podcast and of course, our main cast hub is anchor.fm slash housebound. <laughs>